welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney, and I'm here today with my best bud, Al. Hello. Al, we're back in bed. Mm-hmm. We're back recording, and there's been there's been something that has happened. Yes. Between the both of us, we are a fully vaccinated person. But yes, that's if, true. Together, if we ultra super twin together. We make one vaccinated person. <laughs> Actually, I think I have to wait a couple more weeks. Then we will be a fully vaccinated. This will be a fully vaccinated podcast. <laughs> By the end of summer. <laughs> uh, we got our shots. Yeah. Well, one of them. First one. And we're on different teams. And we're on different teams. I'm Team AstraZeneca, a.k.a. the shot that no one else in my teaching staff wanted but i took <laughs> oh god so it made me a little nervous uh and i'm team moderna because i take what they give me yep exactly i guess these are the new um the new wizarding houses huh <laughs> anything would be better than <laughs> well today i have a gift for you yay and by gift i mean some more content warning Okay. So uh, there are some content warnings in the description, so please check them out. I don't want to say what they are because I want to surprise Al. Sorry, Al. No, no, it's all good. It's fine. I'm I'm down to be horrified. It's going to be a ride. Okay. <laughs> or will I say a flight? Uh, oh, no. Jim Tucker was a first officer in a cargo airline's after years of being a U.S. Navy pilot, attack pilot and an instructor. On April 7th, 1994, he and Captain David Sanders and flight engineer Andy Peterson boarded their DC-10 bound for Montreal from their hub in Memphis. As they boarded, they found flight engineer Auburn Calloway in the plane. Callaway was deadheading the flight, a common occurrence when airline employees get to ride to the next destination as a transport to their next job. I just want to say that Auburn Callaway is a spectacular name. Really good name, huh? Such a good name. <laughs> Auburn, hell yeah. Ugh. As the crew of Flight 705 prepared for takeoff, Callaway strapped himself into the jump seat at the back of the cockpit, with his luggage, a, gu- a guitar case, tucked by his feet. Now, I didn't know about deadheading. Did you know about deadheading? When they just, they hop in they the just, plane? You could just hop in a plane. I guess if you're like, if you're working the planes, mm-hmm. as I like to say, and you need to be in like, you know, Chicago, but you're in Dallas... How'd you get there? I knew that people could do that. I didn't know it was called deadheading, which I don't like. As I a don't name. like. <laughs> mm, well, maybe this is um. Oh hmm, no! A little. Oh no! Just oh, a little. Oh no! <laughs> just a little. Oh no! Well, I'm just glad you don't recognize any of these names. No. I'm glad you you don't recognize these names. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> None of the men had worked with Callaway before. They did not know that previous to this flight. He had been ordered to appear at a disciplinary hearing. The airlines had apparently uncovered some big discrepancies in his flight records, which his employer claimed were outright falsifications. Callaway understood that the most likely outcome was both him losing his job and his FAA flight certification. Oh, this is going bad. This is going to break pretty bad, I think. I also (laughs) didn't mention he had just been divorced from his wife. Oh, no. Uh, He was a martial arts instructor. Mm. Uh, He had flew in the Navy, and he also, for the longest time, said that because he was a black man, he had been undervalued by the company. He was like a, he could fly a plane, but they kind of stuck him in the flight engineering Mm. spot. So, you know... Not, not great. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on for for Mr. Calloway. Mm-hmm. Mm. About 30 minutes in the flight, unbeknownst to the rest of the crew, 
Callaway opened up his guitar case, which contained two hammers and a scuba diving spear gun inside. Oh, bold choice. <laughs> a spear gun? A where scuba you, spear gun. Where do you get a spear gun? Um, I mean, they give you one on Survivor. No, I mean, like, the, like the, the ones you shoot? Oh, not just like a little atlatl. No, no. It's not a wooden spear <laughs> gun that you get. <laughs> like an actual gun. Like an actual gun. Where do you get one? Where do you, I guess a scuba Yeah, gear, I guess if you're, sport. if you're like a diving fisherman. I guess. You don't use them in the air. No, huh? maybe if you hunt conch. Conch. You need to hunt them? Conch? Yeah, you, just you get pick it. them up. Get down and, well, okay, well, maybe you hunt other stuff. I don't know. I guess you could just pick them up. Look, Auburn Callaway was on his way to Florida. He was going to hunt some conch. He had a spear gun, and he had the two hammers to break the conch. Okay, you caught me. I'm not very smart. I think you're just proud of yourself for knowing the animal known as a conch. And that's only from watching Top Chef, folks. <laughs> Callaway took the hammers, moved behind the flight crew, and first began to bludgeon Jim Tucker, and then attacked the other two men. Bludgeon. Yeah. Yeah. As Callaway briefly backed out of the cockpit to grab his spear gun, David Sanders and Andy Pearson, both horribly injured from the hammer blows, got up to restrain their attacker. Peterson managed to grab the spear gun and throw himself on top of Callaway. Wow. Yeah, now they are, I'll put it in the sources, there are images of the aftermath. Um, uh, Spoiler alert, everyone is alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like to tell murder stories. Yeah. Because that's not what we do. Uh, You'll see the after effects, and you will see that the hammer blows were, it was vicious. Yeah, it was really, really vicious. I am just absolutely flabbergasted at how this is connected to any commercial. (laughs) It's at Creeps, baby. It's for the spear gun. <laughs> Do you need to hunt conch? <laughs> Make sure to bring a hammer. <laughs> because of the injuries to his skull, Tucker's right arm was not able to move. As his crewmates battled Callaway in the back, Tucker took control of the plane. In hopes of keeping Callaway off balance, Tucker decided to use g-forces so their attacker could be kept off his feet wow now this is a dc-10 like this is like they use this this is a cargo airplane but they use this with like people inside right Mm -hmm. it's a big boy yeah and it's uh notoriously crashes really well oh well well frequently (laughs) (laughs) it's good at crashing apparently the cargo doors were like like the whole structure was very unstable yeah and also i I did mention um, he was a, a TAC pilot in yes, the Navy. Yes, yeah, so. yeah. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to those Gs. Uh, he he knows all four of them intimately. Oh <laughs> he tipped the plane's nose up, sending the crew and Callaway tumbling back in with the cargo and set the DC-10 into a barrel roll going 400 miles an hour, something the airplane had never been designed to do. Wow. <laughs> a dc-10 again people like you used to fly in the dc-10s in the 70s like (laughs) it shouldn't be upside down no and this is something that occurred to people seeing this (laughs) dc-10 as the flight came back towards the memphis airport it was completely inverted at nineteen thousand seven hundred feet 
the air traffic controllers were incredibly alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, flight 705. What? What the? S- s- uh. Uh. <laughs> You got the plane's the wrong way, bud. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Uh, you're, uh, you're the wrong way, bud. You oh might want to turn that around. You got an upsy doozy. <laughs> uh, the air traffic controllers were incredibly alarmed and became more alarmed as they watched the plane go into a vertical dive, <gasps> accelerating past 500 miles an hour and beyond the instrument's ability to register the speed. These people lived? Yeah, they're, they're fine. Oh. <laughs> now... Um, this is in the record books as the fastest a DC-10 has ever gone. I believe it. Because they actually couldn't register how fast it went because it went beyond the measurements. Oh, my God. Tucker was able to pull out from the dive, having to reach out with his working left hand to pull the yoke and cut speed. He has one hand working. This guy, can I say, this guy makes Sally Sullenberger look like a (laughs) joke. (laughs) Look, (laughs) fucking... Fucking Jim Tucker didn't hit some birds. <laughs> Miracle on the Hudson, more like cool badass over Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> he did a fucking barrel roll. <laughs> Sanders was able to, the captain, was able to return to the, his seat and radio air traffic control. Quote, uh, you need to understand we're declaring emergency. Uh, we need uh, security to meet the airplane. Uh, we'll stop on the runway uh, if uh, if we can. <laughs> <laughs> they have the transcript to the flight recordings uh it's available in my i mean i wouldn't listen to it because it's really a lot of screaming um and oh god oh god yeah um but uh the calmness and cool collectiveness of uh of captain sanders as he radios in is a little chilling when when did this happen 1994 okay did it ring a bell no okay cool i like it i was a child we were children <laughs> i was like i'm gonna play sonic and think about candy yeah jim jim tucker's in a fucking <laughs> nosedive over memphis yeah as tucker and peterson continued to battle Callaway, he is not giving up he's not being was it sedated okay like he's biting yeah sanders was able to land the plane with only a thousand feet of runway to spare oh my god that's not a lot that's actually. not quite very much <laughs> well he did it he's like okay we're gonna go towards this um this controller and he's like oh wait uh, maybe this one. Yeah. Maybe the close one. As the paramedics boarded the plane, they found the entire inside covered in blood and viscera. Ooh. Tucker and Peterson were laying on top of Calloway, who was still struggling. Calloway was arrested and taken off the plane. Sanders had suffered several deep gashes and an almost detached right ear. Peterson's skull was fractured and his temporal artery had been severed. Oh, my God. Tucker's skull had been also severely fractured, which caused the loss of motor control in his right arm and leg. His jaw had been dislocated and one of his eyes had been gouged. When the FBI searched Calloway's apartment, they found evidence of his detailed plan. He had transferred all his wealth to his ex-wife and kids, had updated his will, and had taken a life insurance policy which gave $2.5 million in compensation to his family if he were to have died on the job. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. In order to make it look like an accident, Calloway used hammers to mirror the blunt force trauma seen in plane crashes. His ultimate goal was to make it look like an accident so his kids may collect from his life insurance policy. 
Instead, he is currently serving two consecutive life sentences. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot on this. There's like a ton of podcasts on this. Mm -hmm. A lot of true crime. There are some people who said that he actually wanted to crash the plane into the the building, the the employer's building. But I couldn't find evidence Mm -hmm. of that. But yeah. Any, any, do you know about Agri? Literally no idea. Well, the cargo airline who had been Callaway's former employer were wary of the news cycle. Every TV station was showing images of emergency services surrounding their plane with their company name plastered along the side, Federal Express. (gasps) Oh my word. (laughs) By then, it had actually already planned and put a year into researching and uh, into a rebrand. The company had chosen Lyndon Leader, who had worked with leading brands Disney and Motorola at the time, to redesign their logo. After 200 different iterations, the new purple and orange FedEx logo with the hidden arrow was unveiled this very same year as Flight 705. Oh my goodness gracious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. You know what? What? What a (laughs) rebrand. Because it was before, like, it was Federal Express and across all the planes, too. But uh, they, uh, oops, oopsie daisy. Well, it worked. Hey, it worked. It worked on me. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the FedEx, and we're going to tell you about the ad, too, which has to do with airplanes. Oh, no. FedEx's start was actually a rocky one. Founder Fred Smith began operations in 1973 with 14 small aircraft. Smith based the company out of Memphis because its central location and because its airport rarely closed because of bad weather. On its first night in operation, it delivered 186 packages to 25 U.S. cities. Rising fuel costs caused by OPEC, oopsie daisy, eventually caught up with the company. (laughs) Can you imagine starting an airplane freight company? In the 70s. Not great, not great. Oopsie daisy. This quickly put Federal Express into million dollars worth of debt. Pilots were now using their personal credit cards to fuel planes. What? How do you do this? How many miles to the gallon? How much that cost? (laughs) What if you do a barrel roll? What does that do to your fuel efficiency? Could you imagine your boss asking you to use your personal credit card to fuel a giant Well, that's when you quit, I think. You say, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, No, thank you. But I just don't know how much... I mean, my little Yaris, Mm -hmm. that's about 50 bucks Mm -hmm. a week. A a big plane? For an airplane? At least 20 Yarises. (laughs) Right? That's a lot of Yarises. And that's... I mean, I'm going to school. That's like 30K, right? A day? That's you fly a lot more than thirty k. A lot more, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe this little one. I haven't flown in a long time, so I don't actually. Oh remember. yeah, I got to get back in my Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> when I was little and I did the Microsoft Flight Simulator, I thought the Cessna were. I called them chestnuts. Oh my god, that's so cute. Because I, I don't know. Sometimes I read and see a word. And I just, like, predict what it's going to sound and end like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just call it chestnuts. I love that. I want to ride in a chestnut. I'm going to take a chestnut to Tofino. <laughs> You're like a Richard Scary character. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a flying chestnut. It's so spiky. Get in my... How, how many miles a gallon does my Apple car get? <laughs> 
When the company only had $5,000 left, Smith pitched around for more funding, but came up empty. Without more cash on hand, his company would not be able to pay his employees or the fuel bill to keep operations going. So Fred Smith did the one thing he could do. He took the company's last $5,000 and went to Vegas. <laughs> Legend! <laughs> After hitting the blackjack tables, Smith brought back $27,000. Wow! Enough to keep operations going at least another week. So over five times what he brought. Yeah, uh, he's really good at counting to 21, huh? Should all CEOs be doing this? I looked this up. There was, <laughs> I think, two more CEOs that have done this. Um, not as successful as Mr. Frank's Fred Smith. Yeah, he uh, took a chance. Is this what the plot of the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas oh was? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what, what? Wait, 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 wait. Did Fred... Flintstone, Mr. Flintstone, take the money from the rubble company and take it to Viva Rock Vegas and pay for the B-52s to sing <laughs> that song. Uh, what's the song? Love Shack. No. Rock Lobster. No. No. Well, Rock would be good. That should have. It should have been. It was. It's Those good. are the only two B-52 Those are songs two that only. I know. Those are actually the only two. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, if friends creeps, if you know what song um, the B-52s played in the movie Viva Rock Vegas, please go into your car and blast it, <laughs> and we'll feel it in our bones. We will. Or I'll just cut it here. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> The money won also helped FedEx obtain another $11 million in funding. It's like if you have money, you get more money. That's so weird that did it you, works that way. Did you know That's that? Like if you're already successful, people are like, hey, want more? He he had $5,000 and he asked around and they're like, no, thank you. And he's like, I went to Vegas and won $27,000 more. Oh, $11 million? Oh, thank you. <laughs> By 1975, it was ready to release its first TV ad. The company reached out to ad agency Ali and Gargano, uh, who prepared a TV ad for six markets. The goal was to see if the advertisements improved the package numbers in those areas and then extend the ad campaign nationally. The ad not only introduced FedEx as the first shipping company with its own fleet of aircraft, which I didn't know it was yeah, the first one. that's wild. It also introduced it as the first new airline in 30 years. Wow. <laughs> we don't have a lot of those, huh? No, we don't. And a lot of them just disappeared, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this time only for packages. After running the ad in six markets, the number came in, and it was apparent the campaign was successful. By the next year, FedEx had produced its first profit of $3.6 million. Hmm. By 2017, it be had become the world's ninth largest airline. And it's currently boasting 650 aircraft. Wow. That's a lot. Hey, look, we got to get our TVs and we got to get our electronics and we got to get, I don't know, all the stuff I order off of Alibaba. <laughs> I got to get my worms. <laughs> I got to get my little worms. The DC-10 aircraft, which carried Sanders, Tucker, Peterson, and Callaway, is actually still currently in service. Ooh. Although it has been upgraded to an MD-10, which makes the flight engineer position obsolete. The same position Callaway had worked. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just make sure. We don't need one of those. I looked it up. It was FedEx's first aircraft incident, but they have had other incidents. Mm. 
but it was the first. Jim Tucker was deemed to be medically fit to fly in 2004, 10 years after the hijacking. Wow. He purchased a 65-horsepower Luscombe 8A in Pennsylvania and flew it back home to Alabama. Quote, It was autumn, so the leaves were changing, and I had the most magnificent flight through the Shenandoah Valley and along the Blue Ridge Mountains, he said. The Luscombe doesn't have an electrical system, and the panel has only the most rudimentary instruments, so it was totally different from all the military and airline flying I had done previously. But it felt so good to be back in the air again. It was glorious. Uh-uh. That's the nice. End. Yeah. So start with some a bloodbath. But yeah. And, and in, then reel it in. And reel it in. That's how I like to do it. <laughs> like I like to do with my conch. Mm. Reel in a conch. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to watch this, this airline? Yeah. Let's do it. We'll return after these messages. On our podcast, Dessert Before Breakfast, we review final episodes of TV shows with one catch. At least one of us hasn't watched any of the series before. Who built these robots? It's going to be difficult! Is it a metaphor? What does it mean? Where was the creek? Yeah, I saw no creek. Did it ever show up? (gasps) Yeah. Wow. Dessert Before Breakfast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I just... I don't know what's happening! America, you've got a new airline. The first major airline in over 30 years. There's no first class, no meals, no movies. In fact, no passengers. Just packages. Small, important shipments and have to get where they're going overnight. But up to now, I've had to fly at the mercy of the passenger airlines. Not anymore. Federal Express, a whole new airline for packages only. Welcome back to the show. Wow. A whole new airline for packages only. No people on this one, folks. <laughs> Don't get your dirty human body on our planes. This one's only for things. <laughs> Did you buy a couch? The couch can ride. Do you want to ride? Cannot. Mm, no. No. What do you think? You want to describe it for us? Yeah. Okay. So we see we're dark. Uh, we're at night. We're there. We're on a runway. Yeah. And a plane is coming towards us. Yeah. Uh, with its big, big eyes. It is right side up. It's right. This one. This one is right side up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and a man is talking. He is talking about how this is the first airline, new airline in thirty years. He sounds like the guy, the in America guy. Yeah, this Dan, the Ronald Reagan thing. You know, mm-hmm. he's got that old smoky whiskey voice. He does. He yeah. does. He does. He's. You know, I feel like I'm on a Studebaker. Is that a car or a couch? A Studebaker. Yeah. <laughs> now it is. It is a car. But I'm also trying to think about what the couch equivalent you're thinking of. As soon as I said it, I knew it was. Do you think, are you thinking Chesterfield? Yeah. Got it. I'm on a Chesterfield. You're on a Chesterfield. I got a glass of whiskey. <laughs> I'm thinking about my new Studebaker in the garage. <laughs> and I'm watching this commercial. Zoom out. You're on the plane, but you're not there. Only your Chesterfield is. <laughs> oh, man. I, this, I did this ad because it is a little bit of history, and I, especially now with 
FedEx being so huge, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, kind of, I won't say saving us in the in the fucking COVID world where we need stuff, but is definitely having a new era of yeah. uh, shipping shit around around town. A uh, revitalization. Uh, yeah. And I was actually astounded the first new airline in 30 years. Yeah, that's wow. wild. I Don't didn't know you, that. You can't start an airline now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now? <laughs> Today? Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, well, Al, it's 2021, mm-hmm. and I want to know, how would you make this ad for today? Okay, so it's FedEx. It is FedEx. It's an airplane. It is also an airplane. It's packages only. Only packages. No people. No, well, except for the ones in the plane. Ah, but does it have to be? Do the do the packages fly the plane? Or maybe. What? The plane's the package. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think it's a self-flying plane. Yes. Okay. Oh, like a big drone. And then I think I think instead of this fucking oldie timey commercial, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need that. I want oh. it animated. I want. Oh. I want a let's all go to the lobby vibe. Oh. And I okay. want all the little animated packages to be inside the plane having a fun ride, so the kids of the next generation will know how important it is to for packages? shipping. Oh, shipping. Drop shipping. <laughs> this is about drop shipping, <laughs> which I don't know about. But uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine was convinced that she'd be able to, like, you know, make money with it. <laughs> so I'm suspicious at best. <laughs> that sounds. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so we're in the plane. Yeah, we're in the plane, and there's all these little packages, and then the things that are in the packages burst out of their packages. So you got like you got like a oh. bad dragon dildo. You got like a new pair of headphones. Maybe there's a big couch that's like it talks with its cushions, like little littlest toaster style. Wait, now you're talking about a Toy Story scenario. Yeah, but packages. But but stuff in pack. And then this is one of those commercials oh. that goes on to become a feature film. Yes. And I will write it, so do call me FedEx. <laughs> Who would play the back dragon build- dildo? Jack Black. Play- oh, yeah. There you go. Would definitely do that. Nailed it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Like, so it's an, we're the, fr- we're the, fr- we are the last airline. <laughs> There's no There's other. There aren't going to be any more. <laughs> And too bad, can't fly with us, only packages. No people at all. <laughs> at all. But the packages, we'll do a barrel roll. <laughs> and then it does a barrel roll. Yeah. And it lands. I love it. Mm. I can't wait for our airplane overlords. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that's a good way to plus up this this ad for 2021. Yeah. Um, what's next? Uh, how would you like a local ad? I would love one. Please. <laughs> At a trot, you can do it at a gallop. You can do it real slow so your heart won't palpitate. Just don't be late. Do the Puyallup. So that ad was from at Dork Zombie on Instagram. Mr. Nickel, we love him. Yes, he has done some very cool art for the podcast. Yeah, he's our, he's a, he's a big creep in our lives. <laughs> but like in a good way. Like Is that in the what ad, we're saying now? In the ad creep way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big creep. I, what sound did I make when you opened you up? 
But so, and also, I like tried to engineer it a little bit so okay. that you would hear the music before you realized what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you lost it. I lost it. You screamed. I lost it because guess what? The 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 Puyallup Fair was actually, I think, the last big vacation I took before COVID. <laughs> yeah, and I knew I knew you would freak out, I and know. I was excited. So because obviously. Oh. You, this uh, commercial, I'm sure, is very familiar to you. Well, maybe not this iteration, but the later iteration. The song is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, having lived in Washington. And also, it played in BC. Did it, When really? I was a kid. Yeah, all the time. So this is um, the original commercial for the Puyallup Fair. Yeah, I believe 1976 or 78. Which is a big state fair in Washington State. It's got a cute little jingle. <laughs> and they're, they're still using it today. The Puyallup Fair is the best state fair I've ever been to. How many state fairs have you been to? So many state <laughs> fairs. <laughs> um, so much so that last in last year before COVID, I actually took our metal husband down to the Puyallup. We did a campground just to go to the fair. Now, it's interesting that you, you brought two-thirds of the members of this podcast. Well... <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to sleep in a yurt with us. That's true. I probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the Puyallup Fair is huge. If if you're Canadian, you've never been to a state fair. It is like I can't even describe. Makes the peony look like shit. It, actually, the peony is shit. <laughs> the expo, the fucking Calgary Stampede. I guess Stampede would be a little bit more. I don't know. But but it's more like 4-H competitions, animals, funnel cakes. Funnel. Oh, we you cannot stop eating in the puyallup fair actually it's biscuits biscuits and jam that's what you get i want i know it's so good we'll I, take you we're I going want. we're doing okay. we're going but <laughs> the good thing is i i hope there's some washington natives who have gone because everyone has their favorite biscuit stand and they're all different oh like, my god it's the same company that makes all the biscuits <laughs> but it's like no go to the one under the the here go to this one is it uh, true mm-hmm. that you can do it with your husband or your wife no oh <laughs> Please don't. Okay. They want you to do it with your husband and your wife. Oh, okay. In the Puyallup, everyone's Polly. Great. My favorite thing the last time I went to the Puyallup is a, a, a country music star was there. And so we went to the beer garden and every woman looked exactly the same and wore the exact same thing. And it was very white crowd. Oh, my God. Uh, but while they were gone, we were able to go to the Dole Whip stand Ooh. that they have there. My other favorite thing, this is just a podcast about the Puyallup Fair. Um, <laughs> they have an arts and crafts, like the best arts and crafts competition. Ooh. Quilts. I think I've seen photos. Yes. Table settings. Ooh. Themed table settings. My favorite, though, is they have a collection section where you get to, like, display your collections. Oh, that's really cool. Mr. Potato Head, Smurfs, Care Bears, Transformer toys, but also kind of weird ones. Hmm. Like, like the biggest, like, bottle cap collection or, like, I don't know, Band-Aid collection. I don't like that. Used Band-Aid I don't collection. Like, well, either way, I don't like it. Do the Puala. I guess I'm going to have to. Yeah. We gotta. We're going. It's <laughs> happening. Oh. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Nickel, for giving me such warm, good memories. I will probably post all of my pictures the last time I went to the Puyallup on the feed. I think you should. It's a lot of me drunk with a Bigfoot standing in the back. 
Yeah, I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, hey, if you want to send us a local ad that Courtney or I might possibly scream over, uh, <laughs> you can email us at, at – um, I absolutely just about said the old one. Uh, you can email us at adcreeps at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at adcreeps. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. I would love it. Yes. You could also – you know it would be great? If you went and did the Puyallup or if you've ever done a barrel roll, I don't know, maybe – uh, if you're Jim Tucker and you're listening to this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcast or the app of choice. Yeah. And if you want to subscribe, I know no one really uses I know we're not using Apple Podcasts, but if well, I subscribe uh, okay. <laughs> to this podcast. Okay. Not through Apple. No, exactly. Do people not subscribe? Um, I think, I think people use so many different podcast apps that, but, but, um, subscribing on Apple podcasts is actually one thing that helps get the word out. I see. You know what I mean? So. Okay. I thought people just like remember when podcasts come out and then like search. That's the wild west of podcasts. (laughs) No, it's a Tuesday. My, uh, 99% invisible is out. (laughs) Yeah. Subscribe. Come on. You know, you want to. Anyway, I'm done. Okay. Until next time, we are... Signing off. Signing off. Hmm, but first, a word for my spouse.